take our Bible this morning and go over the book of 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 23. 2 Samuel uh, chapter 23. Uh, it's good to be here today. Amen. Good to see everybody here. I'm reminded, I'm always reminded that some people it was easy to get here this morning and some of you had to fight to get here. It was just a Sunday morning and you had a time getting here. But I'm glad you're here today and uh, you're not here by accident. Let's stand if we would uh, and that is we reverence the reading of God's word. Uh, 2 Samuel chapter 23, we have preached out of this uh, passage of scripture probably in the past year and a half, maybe two years, uh, preached maybe six months, eight months ago, maybe the longer time runs together. Uh, we talked about how over in the middle part of the chapter, how David uh, wanted to drink from the well of Bethlehem. And uh, he, the Bible said in verse 15 that he longed and said, oh, that one would give me a drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem which is by the gate. And we preached how that David was reminded and remembering uh, of a different time and a better time uh, in his life. But I want to begin to read, if I could, for just a little bit here. In, in 2 Samuel 23, I want you to look in verse 8. The Bible said, These be the names of the mighty men whom David had. Uh, the Tachmanite that sat in the seat Chief among the captains, the same was Adino, Adino uh, the Esnite. He lifted up his spear against 800 whom he slew at one time. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite, one of the three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines that were gathered together to battle, and the men of Israel were gone away. He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand clave under the sword. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day. And the people returned after him only to spoil. And after him was Shammah the son of Agi, uh, the Herorite. And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils and the people fled from the Philistines. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines. And the Lord wrought a great victory. You can be seated this morning. Heavenly Father, we come to you thanking you for another time and another day that you've given us to come and worship and praise you. For a little while I pray that not only these folk but myself also would be very focused upon the Word of God and what you're trying to do in our life. I thank you, Lord, for what you have already done, but we pray today that, Lord, by this message, that it would help some folk, encourage some folk. Oh, Lord, bring to mind some things by the Holy Spirit that might need to be fixed in their life. And, Lord, we pray if there's somebody here lost that they'd get saved, bring them to that place of repentance. And Lord, I pray you touch and anoint us for a little while, not afresh from heaven. And we'll give the glory for it all. Thank you for Calvary. And save that sinner's nearest tale for all this in Jesus' name. We do ask and do pray. Amen and amen. I've had this message on my mind probably for about two weeks now. And, and I told my wife coming to church this morning, 
I knew Brother Alexander was going to be with us today, and I said, I don't know, really. I said, I need to preach, but I, uh, he needs some time. And that's the reason he had Sunday school this morning, because I really felt so impressed uh, and that to preach uh, uh, this message today. But when we look at this, I want you to look at verse 8. Uh, it says, These be the names of the mighty men whom David had. If I could preach for just a minute or two, I want to preach on this thought on we need a revival of mighty men. Uh, we need some mighty men. Ladies, you're going to get your time off this morning. I, I'm not going to deal a lot with y'all. And I know God uses ladies in the gospel and in the work of, uh, of Christ. You can go read Romans chapter 16. Uh, uh, he talks about and that Phoebe over there who was a servant of the church. I believe that he talks about Aquila and Priscilla. Uh, and, and then he said in Philippians, I treat thee also true young fella. Help those women which labored with me uh, in the gospel. So I know you ladies uh, are important to the gospel's sake and in the work of God, but I'm not preaching to y'all today. Uh, I'm saying that we need a revival of mighty men. Uh, I mean, we just need some men to be men uh, that love God uh, and want to serve God. Uh, we need some men that's going to take a place uh, uh, in their home and be the leader as they should uh, uh, and that's going to take a stand on the job uh, and in the world on their convictions uh, that come out of this Bible right here. Uh, it seems like to me that today uh, uh, that men think that, uh, can I put it two ways today? Uh, uh, here's how I see men a lot of times. Uh, uh, they either think that religion uh, and Christianity is for women uh, and children uh, and for sissies. That's what they think a lot of times. Uh, but I'm going to tell you this morning uh, uh, that you uh, need to sell out to God uh, and serve Him and lead your home uh, in the way that God has set forth. Uh, uh, so men see that it's for women and children uh, or they think you're a sissy and that to serve God. I'm glad uh, that I got saved uh, when I did. Amen. And I, I'm glad I got saved at 14 years old. I, I'm glad I'm saved today I, and want to serve God. Amen. What about you men? I, do you, you say, I know I'm preaching to the choir. You're here today, I, I, but we're living in a day and age I, I, when men are giving up I, on serving God I, and don't seem to really care about it anymore. Uh, and so this morning I want to look at a few things. Let me say quickly, you need to be saved if you're unsaved. Uh, I mean, you need to get concerned uh, about eternity. I found two fellas the other day uh, uh, while I was out talking to some young men and talking to some men on their job. Uh, uh, I found two men that were lost. Boy, what amazing that I found two that were lost. And willing to admit uh, that they needed to get saved. I told my wife, I said, I believe I could have got one of them to pray had I pressed just a little bit harder. Uh, but I, I just felt like that that wasn't the time. But I gave him the gospel. I stood there with my Bible and read him Romans 10 and told him what Christ done. And, uh, and I believe that old boy will get saved uh, if he'll just let that word deal in his heart. But some folk are not concerned uh, uh, about eternity and some are not concerned uh, uh, about their sin. You need to be concerned uh, uh, about what's going to happen to you 
when you die. You need to be thinking about that. What's going to happen uh, when I die. Brother Alexander was talking this morning uh, about he was when he had the COVID, he was ready to go, wanted to go. Amen. 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 Ready to go. Could we say that? That uh, we would be happy to go. That's a big deal, man. I remember one preacher friend of mine was having heart surgery and he was and he was ready to go. And he said when he woke up, he was mad because he woke up. Amen. Amen. Woke up. I'm still here looking around, you know. One feller said, I'm, I'm going to heaven. I'm just not getting a bus load up tonight. Uh, you never know. It might be tonight. Yes. And so, you know, you need to be prepared right. and that to meet the Lord because it's coming. But he said right here in verse 8, the mighty men. To be mighty means to be very strong or valiant. It means to be bold or very powerful. It means to be vehement or very forcible or great. Or important. And when I looked at these men that David had, and by the way, if you go on and you read the rest of this scripture, you'll find out that there were some men that when David was in the cave, he wanted a drink from the well of Bethlehem. Uh, they went through the, the line of the Philistines, broke through and got him that drink. And you can read on and, and see how that there was one of David's mighty men slew a, a two lion-like men from Moab, killed a lion in a pit during the time of snow, uh, uh, and then killed an Egyptian, went down there and took his own spear away from him and killed him with his own spear. That's like getting shot with your own gun, ain't it? That'd be bad, wouldn't it? And then you go on and you read about all these men in the latter part of the chapter who was his mighty men and that went with him. Three things that I want to look at this morning if I could. A revival of mighty men. First of all, we need number one, some faithful men. We need some faithful men, some folk that will be uh, adherent to the truth and uh, that will be loyal uh, uh, and that to God. I mean, just to be faithful to God. Right. I like what Brother, uh, Brother Alexander said this morning. His wife was number two because God was number one. Boy, I'm telling you this morning, ain't that should be the truth I, I, in, our, in our life today, men? I, I, I know we've got wives, most of us do. I, I listen, and, and they should rank right up there at the top. Amen. But I'm going to tell you this morning, serving God I, I ought to be more important I, I, than your wife to you today. Uh, listen, you ought to be told I love my wife. My wife knows that. I not only tell her, but I try to show her that I love her. I, I, but my life, I, listen, the life that me and her have together is because of, of him this morning. I mean, boy, if you think about it and look back, everything I have I, I, is because of him. It took me a long time I, I, to come to that place to realize that by grace I, and by the mercy of God, I, I, he has provided for me. Why would I not want to be faithful I, and that to him this morning? I mean, we just need some men that's going to be faithful to God I, no matter what, to the will of God, to the work of God, to the word of God, I just be faithful to do what we're supposed to do. It gets easy to get sidetracked today. Nobody, we look at what everybody else is doing or not doing and wondering what we're supposed to be doing. Find out what you're supposed to be doing and then do it. Amen. Just be faithful to do it. 
Just go do it. Hey, listen, I, I told a fellow the other day, I, 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 mean, I don't know if he saved, he said he was saved, but I was coming by uh, and we were talking about some things and I, I got to tell him, I said, look, uh, look around at this building, look at everything in here. This is all temporal. Uh, your salvation and what you spend for God, uh, that's eternal. Uh, that's what's going to matter. Hey, listen, Peter talks about uh, at the end time when all this stuff burns up, uh, when the heavens are on fire and the elements burn, with fervent heat uh, uh, then he said what manner of persons uh, uh, you ought to be in all holy in, in godliness uh, and holy conversation uh, uh, that means what we have spent for him uh, and done for him men need to be faithful just need to be faithful need to be honest and true uh, uh, listen just, just to be loyal uh, and that to God I hope you'd be loyal to this church and loyal to your preacher I believe some loyal to God, faithful to Him. Proverbs 20 said, Most men will proclaim everyone his goodness, but a faithful man who can find. Yes. Psalms 12, the psalmist said, Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fail from among men. Just need some faithful men. Faithful men just to be, just to serve God. Faithful men just to show up. Faithful men just to be a good husband, to be a good uh, daddy, just, just to do what they're supposed to do. God don't call everybody to preach. God don't, uh, God don't put everybody on the mission field. Uh, uh, but he does expect you uh, uh, to be a missionary in your community and in your home uh, and just be faithful to do it. Just be faithful. Men, it's going to do right and serve God no matter what. Amen. Just be faithful in it. You know, I, I thought about, uh, you know, Joseph. Joseph was faithful no matter what, wasn't he? Yeah. he? He had opportunity to be unfaithful, but he was not unfaithful. He was faithful. As a matter of fact, when, when Potiphar's wife trapped him over there and grabbed him by the coat, uh, uh, the Bible said that he left his coat and run away. Uh, uh, and that from that sin, he was going to be, you know what he kept telling her? He said, I can't do this against God. I, I can't do this against Potiphar. Uh, he said, I cannot do this wickedness. Why? He was going to be faithful. Faithful. Daniel, in the midst, when he was probably 18, 19, 20 years, a young man, and they haul him and his three friends, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, from Israel, from Judah, and haul them down over to Babylon, and they're in a strange land, in a strange place, where they don't talk the same language, and they're among people that don't dress like them, that don't worship like them, that did not know the God of heaven, but yet he wanted to be faithful no matter what. If I could tell you young men something today, learn to be faithful now because it pays off later. It pays off. Just be faithful when it gets hard. Be faithful when, listen, when you get around strange customs, just like Joseph and Daniel both did, and things were different, uh, uh, listen, they still were faithful to God. These men were faithful to David no matter what. I want you to look in the same chapter 
at verse 39. It's the last verse in that chapter that we read of chapter 23. Look in verse 39. Look at one of his mighty men. Do you see who that is? Uriah the Hittite. You remember who Uriah was, don't you? You may take your Bible and go to the book of 2 Samuel uh, chapter 11. 2 Samuel chapter 11. I want you to look. Men, we just need to, to be faithful. <clears throat> 2 Samuel chapter 11. David has committed adultery with Bathsheba, yep. which is Uriah's wife. And you find here that David has Uriah brought in. He's going to set him up, basically, is what he's going to do. And in verse 7, the Bible said in, in 2 Samuel 11, verse 7, when Uriah was come unto him, David demanded of him uh, how Joab did and how the people did and how the war prospered. And David said to Uriah, Go down to thy house and watch thy feed. And Uriah departed out of the king's house, and there followed him a mess of meat from the king. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house, and with all the servants of his lord, and went not down to his house. And when they had told David, saying, Uriah went not down unto his house, David said unto Uriah, Camest thou not from thy journey? Why then didst thou not go down unto thine house? And Uriah said unto David, The ark and Israel and Judah abide in tents, and my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are encamped in open fields. Then shall, then, shall I then go into mine house to eat and to drink and to lie with my wife? As thou livest and as thy soul liveth, I will not do this thing. Well, you're talking about a man that was faithful. I mean, he was faithful to Joab. He was faithful to them men that was out there fighting. I, he said, look, I'm not coming home. I, I'm enjoying myself at my house I, when they're out there fighting. I mean, I believe he loved his king. I believe, I believe Uriah loved his king. I, and he said, I'm not going down there I, and having a good time I, I, because they're all out there. You're talking about a faithful man. I mean, this man, he had some convictions about him. He had some things that he believed, whether anybody else believed them or not. Whether anybody, see, some of you are thinking in your mind, well, if I'd have been Uriah, I'd have went down there and got me something to eat. I'd have seen my wife. I'd have spent time with her. Maybe so, but his convictions was not that way. His convictions was he wasn't doing that while his brethren was fighting a battle. Hey, there's going to be some people don't understand your convictions, but you believe them anyway if they're out of that book right there. Hey, listen, if you've got them out of that book and that's the way you see it, that's the way you see it, until God shows you different, move on with it. Amen. I, hey, listen, I'll guarantee you I believe different than some people believe. And I just come to the realization here a while back, I believe what I believe, whether folk like it or not, I, and that's just the end of it. I mean, if you can show me why I'm wrong out of this book, I'll sit there and listen all day long. But I mean, listen, I, I just see it the way I see it, believe it the way I believe it, and I believe I'm going to be faithful as long as I can to it. You need to be right with God and serve the Lord no matter what. 
2 Timothy chapter 2, Paul told Timothy, he said, In the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou who? To faithful men. He said, Find some faithful men uh, uh, and give them what I've gave you. Uh, he said, Who shall be able to teach others also? Amen. Need to be faithful to church. Need to be faithful to serve in church when you can, how you can. Be a help and that in the ministry of God's work. Y'all know I'm a local church man. I believe you need to be in church. Your responsibility lies here to have your family here, to raise your family here, and for you to be here. Amen. Amen. Need some men to be faithful in the work of God. Need some men to be faithful in their home life, to be leaders in their home. Yes. Be leaders. I'm glad I've got my wife. She helps me. Amen. 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 She helps me. She is my help me. She's my help me. She helps me. But it's my position uh, uh, and, it's, and it's the way God set it up. And, and some people get offended at that thing when preachers preach on it. I'm not apologizing for what I'm saying or the word of God. And some people just need to realize that's how God laid things out. Amen. Amen. He laid it out that way. I told you it's, it's not when I when I, and I've still got to come back and pick back up on the home. But I don't believe your home ought to be run like the army where you're the general and everybody else is a private man. I think it ought to be a king, a queen, uh, and princes and princesses. Amen. 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 I think that's how your home ought to be run. But we need some men to be faithful in their home. Be faithful to their wife. Be faithful to their marriage vows. Be faithful to them things. I remember a long time, I had the privilege to marry Mitchell and Carrie over here. He got, the first time Miss Carrie ever got sick after they got married, he calls me on the phone and he says, did I say something about in sickness and in hell and for better or worse? I said, yes, you did. He's there for the long haul. Man, that's the way it's to be. Faithful in your home. Yes. Faithful in your marriage. Amen. You know, the Bible said marriage is honorable in all, in the bed undefiled, the whoremongers and adulterers. God will judge. He, he loves marriage. You know God loves marriage. He does. He loves marriage. He instituted marriage. He put Adam and Eve together uh, over in the Garden of Eden. We're to be faithful and that one to another. Faithful to your wife, to your marriage vows. Just need to be faithful. Faithful to folk around you. Faithful to be a witness. And I can go on about faithfulness or I'm going to get drugged down this morning. But I, the one thing that I, I want me and you to understand uh, more than anything is it, it, it's not about us, but it's about Him. Amen. It's, it, it's, it's about Him. Amen. These men were faithful. I, I, I wanna, I, I wanna, uh, they, they didn't leave David when, when, when they could have left. They, they didn't leave David when they could have left. And, and, and so that brings us to number two. We, we need some faithful men, but, but then we need some fighting men. I think, I think we need to understand what's at stake. Take your Bible and go to the book of Nehemiah for just a minute. I would quote you this, but I want you to read it for yourself and maybe underline it in your Bible. Uh, in, in the book of Nehemiah, they're, they're rebuilding uh, the walls in Jerusalem at this time. And Nehemiah went in to build the walls and to put the uh, people together. And uh, they've had a threat 
and that of the enemy coming. You realize, men, you always stand at the threat of the enemy. You realize that? You realize that the enemy is always wanting to destroy what you have done for God and for the home that you have built and for how you've raised your children. He's out to destroy that if he can. But in Nehemiah chapter 4, look in verse 14. The Bible said, And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses. He said, that's what's at stake right there. He said, your brethren is at stake. Uh, Your family is at stake. What you have built is at stake. Uh, uh, He says, you uh, need to fight. He said, just Fight. You know, all these men, these mighty men, I'm talking about a revival of mighty men, men that will be willing, I, I listen, to put their life I, on the line for the gospel's sake. These men right here were willing I, I, to put their life on the line for David's sake. Amen. You realize, I mean, they were his mighty men. Uh, look right here, I mean, you, you, you look at the fight I, I, that they were in. Notice right here that they were his mighty men and you'll find out that there was one of them that he lift up his spear. He lift up his spear against 800 uh, whom he slew uh, at one time. That's a mighty man. That is a mighty man. 800, uh, listen, uh, Samson took the jawbone of an ass and slew a thousand and he had the power of God on him. This man took a spear and killed 800. That's a man. That's a man. Could you take a spear and kill 800? I couldn't. I, <laughs> them fellas knew how to fight. I mean, they knew. How, I mean, I'm reading that right, ain't I? He lift up his spear against 800 whom he slew. Yeah, making sure I read that right. That almost seems astronomical, don't it? Do you know that there's no telling what God can do with you if you'll just be faithful and faithful to fight? We don't like to talk about fighting. We, we've got generations that don't want to fight anymore. Don't want to fight. Think everything ought to just come easy and be easy. Don't even know how to fight. Don't even know how to fight the enemy. I mean, what was it he said in 1 Peter uh, 5? What, what he, 1 Peter 5, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is working on what about seeking whom he may devour. You do have an adversary, and you are going to have to fight. Why do you think in Ephesians chapter 6 that he gave us about the whole armor of God that we have to put on? God know how to fight. God know how to fight. Men, we need to fight, man. We need to fight. Need to need to fight uh, on our knees uh, uh, to pray. Uh, I mean, to spend time alone with God to pray. Uh, I ain't talking about a ten cent prayer and wanting a million dollar answer. I'm talking about learning how to pray and spend time with God in agony if that's what it takes. Amen. Amen. Just don't fast and pray much anymore. It's too hard. Your flesh wins out. I can tell you what not to do about fasting. My wife will tell you this. Don't ever break a fast on chocolate milk. <laughs> it's not a good idea, is it, honey? <laughs> don't ever do that. Ain't no telling, men, what could happen in your home and in this church 
if we just fight. We're living in a day and age when, when this world, when this world's going to back us up in a corner. And if they can, they will. You got to fight. I ain't talking about being mean, but I'm talking about fighting every one of these men. You know what it talks about David's mighty men? They fought. Amen. They fought. Go down through there and read. That's what they were doing. They were fighting. I mean, it's a fight. I mean, what do you think Paul said in 2 Timothy? Uh, to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth and tamed himself with the fires of this life, that he may please him, hath chosen him uh, to be a soldier. And we're to fight. We war. We battle. He said, fight the good fight of faith. 2 Timothy 4, he said, I have fought a good fight. I, I have finished my course. I have kept the Paul said, I have fought. Got to fight. Got to fight. Your testimony's on the line. Your family's on the line. Your children, your wife, on the line. If you quit and you won't fight, what do you think's going to happen? Well, preachers, there's been a lot of churches that's been kept going because of women and children. I'll agree with every bit of that, but it shouldn't have been that way. It, it, it shouldn't have never been that way. It shouldn't be left up to the women just to keep things going. I'm not a male chauvinist, I'm telling you, it ain't their place, it's ours this morning to fight. The preacher, are you mad? Yeah, I'm just a little angry because I see it in my life and I see it in everybody else's life. They're giving up and they're quitting. And I get a little angry about that thing. I see myself getting lax. I see myself getting slack on some things and that irritates me. Because I know the devil's going to win if we give up. I thought about David's mighty men. Go back to the text. They fought when they were outnumbered. One man down there with one spear fought 800. I would call that outnumbered. I'd call that outnumbered. I don't know how else you call it, but I'd call it outnumbered. I thought, listen, even when they were wearied, come back here and look in, in verse 10. Uh, they went down and, and they fought against the Philistines. Do you notice it was always seemed to be the Philistines they fought? Always one common enemy. Yeah. Do you realize that we're always fighting the same enemy? Yeah. Amen. It's the same fella all the time. It's the same enemy all the time. Notice what the Bible said in verse 10. He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was what? Weary and he clave under the sword. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day. Uh, and the people returned after him only to spool. Uh, uh, listen, God can't wrought. Uh, he can't work a victory if we quit when we get tired. The Bible said that he was weary. His, that, that his hand was weary. He was tired of fighting. He couldn't swing anymore. He couldn't swing that sword anymore. But his hand claved to the sword. Would to God that our hand would just clave to the sword. And say so that's what the Bible says. I, I may be tired. I may be weary. Hey Gideon's men over in the book of Judges uh, uh, chapter 8. The Bible said they were faint uh, yet pursuing. They were still willing to go. No matter how tired they were. They were going to go and fight. Amen. Would to God me and you would do that this morning. And we would fight no matter how tired we are. It ain't no fun having to fight. I don't know anybody that just loves it. They, they some it do. But just want to fight. 
God's mighty men has to be willing to fight when outnumbered. God's mighty men has to be willing to fight even though they're tired. God's mighty men fight because see the importance. You come to verse 11. And after him was Shammah the son of Agi, the Haberite, and the Philistines were gathered together into a troop, or they are again, where was a piece of ground full of lentils, and the people fled from the Philistines. It's just lentils, preacher. Yeah, but that was something to eat. They had to have something to eat. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines, and here it is again, and the Lord wrought a great victory. Because he stood his ground for what was important. Uh, You say it it was just lentils. It was just a pea patch, as one preacher said. But they had to have something to eat. The enemy will take everything if you'll let them. It may seem so insignificant to you, but it turns out to be a big deal. You better learn how to fight. You better learn how to fight when nobody else wants to fight. You better be faithful to fight when nobody else wants to fight. You better be willing to fight when you're tired. And believe you me, I'm I'm standing here right now listening to what I'm saying. I'm trying to pay attention. These men were trained to fight. Me and my wife in our daily Bible reading the other day were reading about Abraham and when, and when Lot got captured out of the land of Sodom, all those kings come in and, and hauled away Sodom. And the Bible said that Abraham lit out and took his trained men. Abraham had trained men in his house that knew how to fight. You wouldn't think about that, would you? You wouldn't think, I mean, all we know about the story of Abraham is how God chose him and wrought miracles in his life and done things with Sarah. And I mean, gave him a child when he was 100 and her 90. And I, I mean, all those things, we hear that. And it seems so insignificant over there. But Abraham had trained men. They were trained how to fight. Do you know how to fight? You know how to pray? You know how to read your Bible. You know how to wield this sword. You know how to stand faithful. Uh, when, when, uh, and listen, I'm going to tell you, uh, God has to give the courage. Uh, God has to give the ability uh, to stand when you're by yourself, when nobody else understands, when nobody else seems to not care, when nobody's going to come to your rescue. Uh, at least God will show up. Amen. Amen. It's a fight, man. They were trained to fight. And you know what? Uh, Abraham lit out and went and got back Lot and got all that stuff and brought them back. And guess who showed up? That was uh, King Melchizedek, the king of Salem. You know what he done? He praised the Lord over there for what he done. You know when God lets you have a victory, you ought to praise him. You ought to praise him. Seems like everywhere the Apostle Paul went, he had to fight. It's a fight. These mighty men were faithful, and these mighty men could fight. Number three, and last of all, these mighty men would follow. Yep. Amen. They'd follow. 
They, I mean, they, they were exactly what it said right here. These be the names of the mighty men whom David had. Amen. These were David's mighty men. And whatever he said, them boys go do. Wherever he sent, they'd go fight. They would be faithful to David. They loved their king. I mean, they literally loved their king. I mean, why would they stand and fight? Why, why would they face 800 men of the Philistines? Why would they, stand, why would they go down and fight uh, in a pit? Why would they kill two lions? Why would they uh, fight from Moab? Why would they do all that stuff? Would it just not be easier to give up and quit. Your family, men, are at stake. Your homes at stake. This church is at stake. I'm going to tell you right now, if our government could get rid of old-time religion, they would. If you don't think they hate us, you are so, you are so uh, deceived, they hate us. 1 Timothy chapter 3 says that they are despisers of those that are good. They hate us. They might put a smile on our face and pat you on the back, but I'll guarantee you they just assumed you wasn't here. But these men would follow. How do you know they would follow, preacher? Look back in the text verse real quick. Stay with me. Verse 13, And three of the thirty chief went down and came to David in the harvest time under the cave of Adullam, and the troop of the Philistines pitched in the valley of Rephim. There, there them Philistines are again. And David was then in a hold, and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me a drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. And the three mighty men break through the host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David. David said, Boy, I wish I could get a drink from the well of Bethlehem. Three. Three of them lit out and broke through the Philistines and went and got him a drink of water. You tell me them men didn't love their leader. You tell me they didn't love him. Well, you know what that tells me, me and you ought to do? You know what the Lord Jesus said in Luke chapter 9? He said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Amen. You know the first thing he said, if any man will come after me, he said, let him deny himself. Yeah. Yeah. That means to say no to you. Yeah. Say no to you. That's a hard thing to do, ain't it? I'm learning. I am so trying to learn to deny my flesh. Yeah. To say no to my flesh. I'm, I, and that's a hard thing to do. Because your flesh wants to do what it wants to do. It wants to act like it wants to act. It wants to eat what it wants to eat. He got to talking about them pumpkin rolls in Sunday school and I got hungry. Man. Talking about spams and eggs and rice. I thought, well, that sounds pretty good this morning. Amen. I didn't have much for breakfast. I'm a little hungry. But he said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. That's giving up you. But then he said, take up his cross. And, and y'all know this. I've, I've taught y'all this. You realize that was before Calvary. When he said, take up thy cross daily and follow me. But yet those men standing around, they knew what the cross was all about. 
They'd watched Rome crucify many people. They knew that he was talking about a place of death for you. Well, preacher, you want me to give up my life for him? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not talking about dying here. And it may come to that one day. But I'm talking about us giving up our life to serve him. It may not always be easy to follow. We may not understand why to follow or or let, let me say this, what he's got in store. But if we'll be faithful and willing to fight, we can follow. And I know he'll take care of it. I have, I have a friend of mine, he, 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 he made some decisions in his home. And they were some hard decisions. You know, sometimes you've got to make hard decisions to follow God. You've got to make hard decisions. Not every day is that way. I understand that. I'm not preaching that it is. I'm just saying sometimes you have to make hard decisions in your home. But I'll never forget what he said. But I know it was the right decision. I know it was the right thing to do. Sometimes the right thing to do is not always the easiest thing to do. And sometimes the easiest thing to do is not always the right thing to do. If we'll be obedient to the Lord and just follow, just follow, I know God will bless that thing. We need a revival of some mighty men who's going to stand no matter what. Who's going to stand faithful and follow God and win the fight. Let's bow our heads across the house if we would.